welcome back. So, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming that you've set up your account. If you haven't, go back to the first podcast. Um, But you have your account ready and you know what you're going to sell. And so now your next question is, what do I do next? So, you might want to get a pencil and paper because I'm going to have a little list of things for you to get yourself started. And here we go. Uh, I'm going to tell you how to get started without, with the least amount of outlay of money possible. And um, just to get you started, there's things that you can set goals for if you decide this is what you really want to do. But we're going to start off simple and economically And so here we go. The first thing that I would recommend that you do is go to the Play Store or wherever you purchase your apps on your telephone or on your iPad and get the eBay app. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you to buy a phone, a, a special camera or anything like that. Just get the eBay app and we're going to be using the camera on our handheld electronics, telephones, tablets iPads, things like that. And the eBay app is free. Go ahead and get yourself logged in on there. And so that's the first thing we need is the eBay app. The second thing you're going to need is something for a backdrop. Okay. You don't need to go out and buy special photography paper or light boxes or anything like that. Um, You can start again with what you have. Now, I know this is going to depend a lot on what you're selling, so we're going to assume that most of what you have is small, because I'm really recommending that you small you start with small things that are easy to ship versus great big bulky things. We're going to start easy. So a backdrop can be something as simple as a, as a wall, a plain wall, or um, I know people lay things out on the floor, although I know other people, when they view stuff like that, they're, they're a little turned off when they see things laying on the floor, but you definitely want a, something clean. So, um, what I use, because I sell mostly clothing and things along those lines, I use, I use a flat sheet. I have two. I have one that's white and I have one that's blue only because I don't have a black sheet, but I use the white one for the majority of my pictures and I use the blue one for things that are white or very pale. Uh, now eBay really prefers a white background, but that's obviously not practical if you're selling something that's white because you do want your item to stand out. So having a background doesn't have to be expensive, but you do want it to be all one color. It's, it's best that way. Um, some other suggestions and things that I've tried poster board, you can get poster board at the dollar store or at Walmart. Um, I tried that for a while. I just found that in my household, because I have a cat, cat at the time she was a kitten, she liked to chew on my poster board. So that just didn't work out. Plus it's something that's not very sturdy and it got bent and dirty fairly easily. And then you have to go buy a new one. So that's why I switched to a sheet and I just happened to pick up the sheets at a thrift store for a very cheap price but maybe you have a white blanket or something like that that you already have in your possession you can use that you just really want something that's plain 
um, not with any kind of pattern behind it. And the reason for that is, first of all, so that when the buyer is scrolling through, there's nothing distracting. They know exactly what it is that you're selling. But the other reason is, um, according to the people that I listen to from eBay, because they have their podcast too, as a matter of fact, and they also have lots of information on their website, but that white background will boost your search for your items in Google. So we want as many eyes as possible to get onto your items. So having a white backdrop is ideal. Um, and the other thing is lighting. Now, I know there's a lot of people that have ring lights and box lights and light boxes, et cetera, et cetera. And these things all cost money. Um, but if you're just starting out, maybe you don't have that money or you're not sure you want to continue this. The best thing is natural lighting. So if you have an area where you can use the sun um, to take pictures to get the best lighting, that's that's great, either through a big window. I like to do mine out on my deck. I know other resellers do theirs on their deck because obviously you have full sun. Um, but you just want to have good lighting. Maybe in bad weather that's a little more difficult. Uh, some of the challenges that I've found is you can get shadows. <clears throat> And that's a little difficult sometimes, so you want to try to avoid shadows, but get the best, brightest light as possible for where you are so that people can see your object. And then, like I mentioned before, you know, our, our electronic devices now have excellent phone, um, have excellent cameras in them, so you don't need to go out and buy a special camera. If you have one, that's great, but if you don't, then just know that your camera on your phone or your iPad or your your tablet is great. You don't need to go out and spend extra money on that. Another thing that I recommend that you get is a measuring tape, something to measure your item. You can get them at the dollar store. You can get them really cheap in a little sewing kit. I have, I actually have two. So here's a little more advanced tip. Since I sell a lot of clothing, I have a small table that I use when I'm, um, doing my listing and I have a tape measure that's actually taped to the table it makes it quicker for measuring sizes and, and those kind of things but you're also going to need a hand you know one that you can hold in your hand some sort of measuring tape or something that you can hold in your hand to measure the height the depth the width of other types of items like vases and dishes and ornaments and things like that that don't necessarily lay flat because people are going to want to know the dimensions of whatever it is that you're selling and those measurements are going to be important. You're also going to want to look for or get yourself some shipping material. Now um, you can use recycled bike boxes, things that you've purchased online. Those boxes can be re repurposed. Uh, you just want to make sure that it, the shipping labels are blacked out or make it very clear that this is not where the package is supposed to go. So mark out those addresses from whatever's previously on there. You can also use um, boxes of things that you maybe you purchased in a store, um, you know, at Walmart or Lowe's or wherever you happen to go shopping. The only thing I would tell you about recycling boxes is to be careful in particular, um, alcohol boxes, so liquor boxes that have pictures and wording that says that this box contains alcohol. I, I, I don't 
really recommend using those because that is a whole other shipping issue. Um, but any other kind of liquids, you may be able to scratch that information out with a Sharpie or something so that the post office or whatever shipping company you're using knows that you're not selling something with a liquid in it. And then the other thing that you're going to need is a scale because it's going to be really, really important to know how much your item weighs, including the shipping material, um, so that you get your postage right. And I want to just go back to shipping material here for a second. Um, so I mentioned in the previous episode that you can get free shipping material on USPS. Um, there's other, and we were just talking about recycling, but... Um, you can also get envelopes at the dollar store or Walmart. Walmart also sells boxes in various sizes. Now, there is a size that they sell. It's a six by six box. As long as it's not too heavy, things can actually go first class in that smallest box. It runs about 75 cents a box. No, I think it's even a little bit less than that if you can find the six by six. But they're hard to find. At least right now, uh, I didn't used to have a problem with that, and I don't know if it's because of the lumber and paper shortages that we're experiencing still from COVID, or if people are just buying them up like crazy where I live because more and more people are reselling. I mean, that's what I do. I go in and I buy as many as I can when I can find them just so that I have them. But you can buy boxes there. Um, that's not the cheapest way to go, but in a pinch, if you have nothing available, you can get them there. And like I was saying with envelopes, you can get um, various sizes of envelopes at the dollar store. Now, with me <clears throat> selling clothing, because that is how I started, uh, I started at Dollar, dollar Tree and I was getting, um, I bought gallon storage bags to put the shirts and different things that would fit in it in those bags and that's how I actually store them until they're ready to get shipped out and then I put those when I first started I put those in um, just plain manila envelopes that I got at the dollar store and then as my business grew I found that those envelopes were actually um, cheaper to get at Walmart in, in a bigger package but you know those manila envelopes that people send letters in um, that's what I started with but you can, if you get something that's a little larger um, you can also buy those those envelopes at Walmart and the dollar store and probably other places as well. Another thing that you might want to check out, depending again on what you're selling, is um, paper for filling in spaces, um, newspaper, craft paper, paper bags. Um, I even use uh, the grocery store bags. I kind of knot them up so that they're they're a little spongy, stuffy, uh, fluffy-like to support certain things. Bubble wrap. Um, you can purchase peanuts, and you can find those at different places. Um, probably the most expensive place to buy them is the UPS store. I wouldn't recommend that. But if you can find them somewhere else uh, for a reasonable price, then that's what I would recommend. And um, Let's go back to the scale now. I'm sorry to jump around like that, but you are going to need to know the weight. Now, if you happen to have a kitchen scale and you're selling small things that um, you can measure on the kitchen scale, that's great. But if you don't have a scale, and I didn't have a scale when I started, if you go to Office Depot to where their mailing center is, they will let you weigh your items there for free. 
And since you're only starting out with a handful of pieces anyway, that's a good place to start um, before you purchase a scale. But if you're going to buy anything once you get started, the first thing I suggest that you buy is a scale. You don't have to worry about a printer or any other of these fancy things. Really, probably besides the measuring tape, the second most important thing to buy would be a scale so that you can weigh your items. And um, so now you have the app and you're taking pictures. You wanna make sure that you take pictures from all sides, top, bottom, underneath, inside, front, back, any kind of defects that, that you know there are on there. So if there's a chip or a scratch or a hole or a stain, anything that's wrong with it that um, is gonna indicate to the buyer that this is not a brand new item. Or even, you know, I had a situation once where I had a brand new blouse and it had the tags on it, but it had a dirty spot on it. I made sure I took a picture of that dirty spot and explained in my description that, um, it is dirty, but I didn't wash it because I wanted to leave the tags on so that the buyer knew that it was it was still new. It's never been worn, but it must have fallen on the floor or something rubbed on it or whatever. It was just dirt. It wasn't anything that wouldn't come out. Um, but yes, you want to make sure that when you take your pictures that you get it from every angle. And you definitely want to point out any imperfections that are on your item. Now, when you open the eBay app, you can do this one of two ways. You can take your pictures, okay, and then go back and upload the pictures and fill in all the different um, fields that need to be filled in. Or, um, and I go back and forth on this. Sometimes I take pictures, I take a lot of pictures, you know, if I know, especially if I know like the weather's going to be bad over the next couple days and I'm only going to have, say, one day to take pictures, I might take, you know, pictures of as many things as I can. And then later on, I'll upload it to eBay. But if you want to get things loaded into your actual sales, you know, items listed fast without having to take a couple days, then it might be better to just go ahead and do it through the app. So what you'll do is um, it'll say list an item. So you put in there what you're, what you're buying. You list it out. Um, and then it'll ask you to search. And then it'll, if you see something similar, you can click on sell similar or you can say create my own listing and that'll take you to the page where you actually start filling things out for that particular item that you're selling. And up at the top where you list the pictures, when you click on that, you'll have the option of uploading a picture that you took or you can access your camera through whatever device you're using and just take your pictures um, that way. There is an option in um, when you go in to edit your pictures to remove the background. And even if you're using a, an all-one color background, like I said, you know, in the beginning, um, sometimes this background remover works really good and sometimes it doesn't. So if you can remove the background using the eBay app, that's what I would recommend you do, but I have found that it's kind of hit and miss. It's better than it used to be, but there are times when it's either cutting out these weird shapes into the item or um, sometimes it leaves like big blotchy spots where it didn't completely remove the background. So I, just to be safe, I found that it's best to do the best you can from, from the beginning with your pictures, and then if you can make it better, then that's great. But if you can't, at least you have something good, decent to work with. 
So you want to take your pictures and then you're going to scroll down and it'll have um, required uh, things, um, required specifications. So depending on what it is you're selling, they're going to know the brand, they're going to want to know the size, um, they're going to want to know you know who the manufacturer is or maybe an ISBN number it's all different depending on the category that your your item is getting listed on speaking of which you also want to double check that I have found there were times when my item might have been listed under a category that I didn't feel was appropriate sometimes that will happen with um, things like t-shirts might end up being listed say under men's when it's a woman's or um, maybe it's something that's more collectible, but it's put it in a non-collectible uh, um, category. And you, it's a little bit important. So, for example, let's just say you have a vintage Disney coffee cup. And you put it in, and it comes up under coffee cups and mugs. But you really want it to go under the Disneyana collectibles and Disneyana because that's where the the most interested buyer is going to be looking for something like that, and it, it it's going to also affect how you can command the price for it. Maybe, I mean, maybe under coffee cups you're only going to be able to ask for say like five dollars, and the people who are searching there are only going to be willing to pay $5, whereas somebody who's looking for a specific Disney cup may be willing to pay, say, $20 or more, depending on what you have. So that is going to be relevant. It's also going to affect um, your, your insertion and your final, your insertion fees because as you grow um, and you get, if you decide to get into store subscriptions, there are certain collectibles that you have a larger amount of uh, free insertion fees under your subscription, what you're paying for your subscription. So it's just something to keep in mind. That's a little bit of an advanced tip, but you do want to make sure that the category this, that eBay puts it under is applicable. Um, and it's really very simple. Just go through. I recommend filling out as much information as you possibly can to get as many eyes on what you're trying to sell as you possibly can because all of those item specifics are things that a potential buyer can use to search and sort. Um, so as much as you can put in and as much as is relevant, I would say get as much in there as you, as you absolutely can. One other thing, there are times when... A suggested uh, specific is not really relevant to whatever it is that you're selling. It happens to me a lot. I will say like under clothing and it'll say model and either I just don't know or it's not applicable. Now eBay will tell you to just leave it blank and I think the reason why they're saying that is to save time. My personal suggestion is that you put an X in there or an NA something like that that it just indicates that that field is not relevant to whatever it is you're selling and the reason why I say this versus what eBay is saying is their point of view is it's not going to hurt your sales my point of view is that in the end it will end up wasting your time because as you build up 
you're going to see notifications that say recommended specifics missing. And sometimes this is really important because they've added a specific line item that wasn't there maybe when you did your initial um, input for the information for that item. But other times, it's still irrelevant. So I put the X in there because it tells the system that you just don't want to be bothered with it anymore. It's already, it's in the space and you just don't have to keep going back and keep going back. It's just to save time for you in the long run. So go ahead and fill out all those item specific um, details. And then when you get to the description and you'll find that more seasoned sellers will tell you the same thing which is contrary to what the system is going to tell you. The system wants you to put as much information in there as possible. That would be great, except that the, the longer you spend putting these items on, the longer it's going to take you to get it up and listed and people to see it to buy. So in the description, the things that I think are the most important and to save you the time is the measurements. So height, width, depth, how many fluid ounces it holds, it, yeah, whatever various things apply to that particular measurement of the item. Then anything specific, does it have moving parts? Is there a flaw? Is there something missing from it that you would normally see? Um, all these different things that are going to make a difference to the buyer. And then in certain cases, um, you might want to put something that's relevant to your piece. Like um, right now I have these little uh, cannons and I don't even know anything about these cannons. So I say it's moving pieces. I had somebody um, send me a question about one of them. Like does the little plug thing at the end come out? Well, I never even thought to check that. So I had to go back and I said, yes. Well, he ended up not buying it, but I did put that in the description after I learned about it. And if I would known that before, I probably would have suggested to put it in there what actually moves and what doesn't and that's just an example you know but you do want to definitely put as much relative information that's in there and like I had mentioned with the dirty spot and why I left it things like that there was this worked out for me I had a pair of shoes that I was selling that um, I did the best I could to clean them up they were given to me by somebody who loved Dalmatians and uh, around the insole of the shoe, there was just so much pet and hair in there. I tried as hard as I could to get as much of it out as I could, but I, I just couldn't get it all out. And I did put that, and I showed pictures of it that, you know, the, the previous owner loved her Dalmatians, just loved her dogs to death, and I did everything I could, but there will be dog hair in this shoe. And believe it or not, they sold very quickly. It was amazing. So, you know, just be honest. Some people want to know if if your household is a smoking household that might be something that you could consistently put in your listings if you're a non-smoker no pets that kind of thing um not that I would say yes I'm a smoker and I have a whole zoo in my house I, you know I don't think I'd put that in there but it is a selling point if you have a smoke-free pet-free house um and that would be something you may want to consistently list for things that would absorb odors or hair and things like that <clears throat> so relative details but f things you don't have to put in there would be like well this blouse will look great with a pair of leggings and boots and you know how you imagine it 
those kind of things. I don't really think that all is necessary because if they're looking at it, they're going to figure out what they want to do with it anyway. So keep your, your items in your description just to the point. I listed out um, kind of in bullet form almost. So I'll put width and length and height or sometimes inseam. Actually, I've gotten to the point now when I'm listing pants because everything is so very, very detailed in the item specifics that I've already filled out. So the, the important measurements are actually there already. The rise, the inseam, the waist. Those are the things for pants that most people are interested in. So it, a lot of it's already done for you. Okay. After your description, you're going to scroll down. Now, when it comes to delivery, here's where the weight is going to be important. It's also going to, you're also going to need to know the size of whatever it is that you're going to ship it in and shipping material. Okay. So if you're going to need to put a lot of packing material in something, you're going to need to take that into account as well. But you're going to need to know how much the, the package is going to weigh, including shipping materials. And you're going to need to put the, the measurements of the shipping package and the weight. And then eBay will do the calculations for you and it will recommend the best way to ship something. So obviously we want to keep our shipping as economical as possible for the, the buyer. And a lot of times I have found, especially if there's an alternative for things that are a little heavier, they may um, go ahead and put it in there as just straight, um, um, there goes my brain, priority. They might just go ahead and list it as a straight priority where it, if you look through the different um, options for shipping, it may be shipped, it may cost the customer less to, to put it in a priority flat rate padded envelope versus just going straight priority. Or maybe something is several pounds and priority has gotten quite expensive. Look and see if it's cheaper to go by ground. I think that when a buyer understands that they're buying something that's heavy and they don't want to pay 20 and 30 and 40 dollars just to ship it, that it may take a little longer to go by ground, but they've saved themselves significantly. So go ahead and look at the different options that are available and change that according to what you think is best for your buyer. You're also going to want to go down and look for the price. Now, at this point, we're assuming that everything that you're selling is something that you've had in your possession or was given to you maybe through an inheritance or a gift or something like that. So you, at this point, you don't need to necessarily think about what you spent on an item because it's used and we're just getting started. But in the future, you do want to think about how much it's going to, the return is going to be um, on something that you're trying to sell. So in other, when you go into pricing it, I guess the first thing you need to know, decide is do you want to auction it or you want to resell it? And that's really a preference and something I would say you'll have to play around with. Some things sell better by auction. A lot of things go better with buy it now. And you can do both, but just know that when you, when you do auction and buy it now, you will pay an additional fee, uh, especially if you're just starting and you don't have a store 
um, you will have other additional costs. So if you're willing to pay out that few more cents for the option to do both, that's great. Um, if you're selling something and you don't, you know, you make that choice. What do you want to do? You want to auction it off or you want to sell it? And eBay will actually suggest to you how others priced it. Um, I haven't done an auction in a long time. Most of the things that I sell, I do buy it now. And the reason why is because I've just found that with the type of things that I'm selling, people don't want to fool around with an auction and wait. Most of what I'm selling is ordinary stuff. I don't have anything particularly unusual or particularly valuable. So I just do buy it now and they can get it as soon as they buy it. Um, I get it as soon as it's paid for, I say. I get it shipped out to them. So I go with buy it now and, and it'll see it'll say, Do you see how others priced it? And if you click on that, it'll bring up sales within the last ninety days of things that are very similar to what you're selling. And it'll give you an idea to help you figure out how to price it. So I look sometimes most of the time I it's kinda helpful. It gives me like a ballpark idea of what I want to list my price for. Sometimes I'll go to the high end. Sometimes I'll go in the middle. Very rarely do I go to the low end. And the reason why I very rarely go to the low end is because I think sometimes you'll see something coming come up that sold for a dollar or, you know, something very, very low for somebody who maybe was just trying to move stuff. And um, it comes into, it, 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 it excuse the average sale price sometimes. But a lot of times I'll just go with what, what it, I think in the middle, that's kind of where I go to be competitive, but not undercut everybody. And you'll also have an option to make an offer. Everybody has an opinion on this make an offer thing. So again, I would suggest, I'm going to throw my thoughts out there. If you have something unusual that you, or something very rare then, you know, you could put $1 down as the minimum offer. I personally find that to be a waste of time because, for one thing, there's only so many times between you and the buyer that you can go back and forth on this. So if you're starting at a dollar offer for something that you've listed at $50, it's not very likely that you're going to come to uh, the middle in that amount of time. This is what I do. I figure out what is the lowest price that I'm willing to accept for this item. And that's what I put in there, make an offer. So just for easy math, let's just say I have something listed for $10 and I want at least $5 for it. That's what I put on there. And the reason why is because I sell so many common things that can be purchased just about anywhere. I want to make the sale. I'm not selling something that is so strange and unusual and not particularly valuable, you know, like some Fabergé egg or something like that. They're, most of it's just clothing. So even if I have it listed at $10 and somebody makes me an offer for 5 that is the least amount of money that I'm willing to accept for that. And I will go ahead and just accept the offer. Very, very, very rarely does somebody actually go that low on things that I'm offering. On occasion... But very rarely, usually they'll take, you know, a percentage off, say like a dollar or two. Sometimes I think they round it off so they figure out whatever it's going to cost them to ship it. And 
whatever price they offer to me, I guess it kind of, the total amount will round out to say, like, if they only want to spend $15, they offer me $7 in some sense. You know, I don't know. But that's, that's what I, I usually just put it at something and I accept it because I have found in my experience with the things that I'm selling that if I say, if I make a counter offer, so if they offer me five and I say mm, eight on a $10 item, I've lost a sale. You see what I'm saying? So I just put it at the, the least amount that I'm willing to accept it. And that's where I stand on it. Because this kind of stuff people can get anywhere. Just my two cents on that. Not everybody in the world agrees with me. But that's what I do for best offer. And it isn't. it, it gives you an opportunity if people aren't willing to spend what you really, really want for something at least you're getting something versus nothing. So there is a little bit of psychology, a little bit of a game to it, a little bit of strategy. So go ahead and put your price in. You're going to have preferences for buy it now. This won't necessarily work for, um, for auctions. but And it won't work either at this point if somebody makes you an offer. But if somebody pays full asking price, when you go under preferences, you want pay immediately. Okay, so you don't have to wait for that money to come in. And then your last option will be, do you want it promoted? And um, you can pick the percentage. Now, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in detail later. But at this point, I will tell you that eBay will make a suggestion of a percentage. And there is an additional fee associated with this. But how the promoted in this field, when you're listing your items if you want your item promoted, how this works is it will bump your item up in the search. So you'll get a little higher towards the top when people go looking for something like what you're selling. I do recommend that you use it. And I'm just going to leave it at that point right now because it is an added expense. Um, and we're just starting out. So you can start with a small expense. If something says, for instance, they recommend that you promote it at 7%. You don't have to do that. You can lower it all the way down to, say, like 1%, or you can bump it up to 10 That choice is yours. But um, I do recommend that you use at least something. And I, the reason why is, so that you understand, not just me, but other people who use this, they find that around 30% of their sales come from these promoted listings. So the object here really is to not just make money, but get as many eyes on your item as possible because the more people that see it, the more likely you are to sell it. So once you get down to the bottom, it says list your item. It's going to tell you how much it's going to cost you to list that item, whatever your insertion fee is. You want to hit yes. Um, if you're doing a buy it now, it's going to ask you if you want to, I forgot what the term is, but basically it's lowering the price every in increments over a period of time. You can say yes. I never do that myself. I have never heard of anybody else doing it. I know that they do it on Macari when you promote your item on, Primar on Macari, but on eBay, I always say no. Um, maybe later is actually the, the option there. I say maybe later. And then um, it'll say done and your item will be listed. And then when you go back into your app and you look under active, you can actually see all of your different items. You'll be able to see how many people have, have viewed it. You'll be able to see if you have any watchers and you'll see how much time is left. Now, 
when we're talking about insertion fees here, whether you're paying for them because you don't have a store or you've gone over your store limit, or even if you're not paying for them outright because you have a store subscription, every 30 days will count as a new insertion fee. So you're either going to be charged that 35 cents or whatever your insertion fee is, or it's going to count towards one of whatever your limit is, depending on what kind of store type you have. So just keep that in mind that if you don't sell it right away, it will count in the next month as an insertion fee. But there you go. That's how you've got your items listed. Now, the next thing you need to do is keep your ears open, making sure you have your notifications on because you're going to hear a ka-ching. And that ka-ching means one of two things. It means either somebody's bought your item and you're going to need to make sure that you have, you're ready to ship it in your allotted time frame, or somebody's made you an offer and you want to go back and decide if you want to take that offer or decline it because we want to get those sales. But keep your ears open for that ka-ching. That is my favorite part of selling on eBay, believe it or not. So now that we have that done, there is some news, and this is relevant, and the deadline for this is coming up very soon, but in uh, 2021, up and running grants are available, well, applications are available, and this is through a collaboration between eBay and Hello Alice, and I haven't even really had a chance to go look at Hello Alice, but it looks like they have a lot of resources um, and educational information for people who are reselling, so there's something to check into there. But with this grant, the thing that's going on with that is there's, they're going to choose 50 businesses, business resellers, 50 business resellers, okay? And they're going to grant each one of them $10,000. Now, I did go ahead and fill this application out. It's, it's a little bit involved. It's not too involved, but it is a little bit involved. And for you, if you're new and you're contemplating maybe going into doing this more as a business venture, something to keep in mind maybe for next year or if you're just kind of new but you've already got your your store set up you do want to go ahead and look into this um, they asked a lot of different questions about what you sell but they also want to know about your goals what kind of things you're trying to achieve um, what would you do with the money you know those kind of things so you have until September 3rd to put in your application now uh, I know that you can find it on Seller Hub. It's under the announcements for August 6th. And I also, I'm assuming everybody got this email, um, but there was an email that takes you right to the, um, the application page. So go ahead and fill those out. I can't believe I just said that because now I've got more competition. If you're listening to me, you've done that. But anyway, good luck to you if you fill out the application. Good luck to me. And hopefully one of us will win. Um, and then our thing to do. Now, we're still in August. I know, I know, I know you're going to hear me talking about this a lot for Christmas. But, you know, when you go into the stores, especially stores like Hobby Lobby, Michael's, places like that that sell craft supplies and things that people make for the holiday seasons, you know, we think it's ridiculous to see Christmas stuff out in September when people are just barely getting used to the weather starting to turn. But there's a reason for that, and that is because now we are in the retail sector, and we actually want to start planning ahead. You don't want to be at the last minute putting things up or pulling things out that you want to list for an upcoming holiday and not have a chance for somebody to actually purchase it. Not that you can't. 
you know, I sold a Santa suit in July, my first year. So not saying that it doesn't happen, but the likelihood that somebody's going to purchase something holiday themed is going to be closer to the time when the holiday comes around. So be on the lookout for things for Halloween, costumes, toys and things that are related to it, um, gift ideas, party supplies, holiday decorations, all kinds of things. Halloween's coming up. And then Thanksgiving, same thing. Decor, um, placemats and table runners and plates and things that you can sell for holidays, uh, Thanksgiving, and things that are turkey-themed and things that are fall-themed. And then shortly after that, we have Hanukkah and Christmas and New Year's and Kwanzaa. And I don't know, there's probably other holidays that come come in the January as well not to mention things that are snow related and just winter related so um, all of these things are coming up you might find if you're outsourcing um, things like coats are starting to trickle into your your places where you're shopping or even now might not be a bad idea to list coats you know there's some places in the United States where in the next month they're going to be wearing jackets and long pants and hats and gloves believe it or not not where I live but you know we're trying to reach out as far as we can and so we want to keep our our mind opened and think about what other people are looking for and what they're going to be shopping not just where we live but where they live as well so those are my tips and tricks for today I hope you found this helpful if you have any questions or comments, I would love to hear from you. My email will be in the description below. But if you want to reach out to me, I'm Jenny at HOA Reseller at Yahoo.com. Thanks a lot. Happy selling. Bye-bye.